Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigly Blast. Coward is not an unfamiliar term to Kevin Durant. He heard it from everyone and everywhere when he joined the 73-win Warriors in 2016. And he just heard it again from Draymond Green, the player who ironically once conspired with Durant to team up and take down the recently crowned LeBron James. Now, it is one thing for a marquee player like Green to call out Yusuf Nurkic, who I like and who is filling a very necessary role but who needs to dial it back a notch in my opinion. Turning your back on Giannis to goof on him when he's standing outside the three-point line is one thing, but to do the same thing and turn your back on Green when he's got the ball in the blocks, that's a little too clownish for my taste. But to call out Durant is something entirely different, and cowardly is not even the worst thing Green said to Durant following their game in San Francisco over the weekend. Now that is inappropriate, especially since Green is angry at Durant actually showing compassion and concern for a former teammate's mental well-being. Either way, KD is smart enough, experienced enough to stay out of the Draymond trap that Jurkic just wandered into, and if there is any justice in professional basketball, these two will settle their deeds with actions, not words, and preferably in the upcoming postseason. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. Shop online at ChapmanBMW.com. Yeah, that was insane to see. Uh, glad Nurk is all right. Uh, never seen that before on the basketball court in the NBA game. I hope Draymond gets the help he needs. Uh, it's been incident after incident. So uh, I know Draymond, and that's not, you know, he doesn't, he, he hasn't been that way when I was around him and coming into the league. So hopefully he gets the help he needs and get back on the court and, you know, put all this stuff behind him. Yeah, that was yeah, Kevin Durant that's, back on now, December that's, 13th. Now, isn't that a very sincere sentiment that KD was expressing? Certainly sounded that way in real time. It, it felt still, that way to still me. Still sounds that way. Still sounds that way. And 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 he's reacting to a series of incidents, and and so for 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 Draymond to turn that into a negative against KD, that's a little bit interesting. It's a little bit weird to me, to be honest with you. Why he would pick a fight with KD about this? Yeah, I thought it was weird how he expressed himself at KD after that game Saturday night. Yeah, here, I think that was unprofessional. Here was Draymond Green uh, on his podcast, which is really like I don't know, it's really more like a audio diary. I think. There's a lot of good journaling apps that Draymond might want to look into. <laughs> Do you notice that uh, he never has a guest on his podcast? I don't pay much attention to his podcast, but I'll take your word for it. Well, here he was talking about what he said to KD. Everybody was questioning what I said to KD um, at the end of the game. This is me. It's me. I'm not going to share the other word that I said because, you know, that's a spur of the moment type of thing. You're in the game. You know, words come out, but this is me. I do this. Been doing this. Going to keep doing this. That's what I said, you know. And all of that was a little brewed up, a little, little built up tension because, again, you go question somebody's character, you got my phone number. If you thought I hope I get the help that I need, you got my phone number. Hit me and say that. Interesting. Draymond is very comfortable in applying certain things that that he's allowed to do 
and he's uncomfortable any, with anybody else doing it. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, and, I love and, guys and let, like that. And it, let, Kurt Schilling was that guy. Yeah. Um, you know, after that game on Saturday night, Draymond went off and said, quiet guys don't win. But then you're criticizing Yusuf Nurkic for mm-hmm. being like the bear poker. Mm-hmm. And Yusuf Nurkic got criticism because that those comments came after a loss. And we said it on Monday's show. Maybe that's not the best time for it. Mm-hmm. But look, you, you, everybody's all over the board on this. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker got accused of, oh, everybody talks trash when they're up. That's wrong. When you say something that's on your mind after a loss, that's, that's okay. wrong. How can yeah. you win? Yeah, well, but Draymond's also so hypocritical. Well, yeah, he's well, saying, there's no doubt. Oh, Kevin Durant has my phone number. If he wants to say something, call me. He's not saying that in a phone call with Kevin Durant. Hey, Schmucko, you're on your podcast <laughs> saying this. Right. Yeah. You're yes. not saying it directly to exactly. Kevin Durant. Yeah. Exactly. He's it's the victim. Like he's he's, he's being the victim. He's acting like the victim here. And again, it, it's it, so I, I'm sympathetic to, to some of what Draymond is saying, as I've made very clear this morning. But but coming at KD is very interesting to me because he believes. Uh, here's the other part of what he said. He thinks that when when you talk out about somebody the way KD did about Draymond that you're getting into another guy's pocket that that you're costing that guy money that that to me I have a hard time with that because wouldn't wouldn't the actions wouldn't the the litany of dirty plays from Draymond Green kind of Prove that point. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I just I just hope and I th- I'm fairly certain Katie is not going to engage with this because I think he I think he knows that it's it's a losing proposition. Draymond's doing this just to, to be Draymond is what he's doing. You're yeah. right, though. It is a losing proposition. The best mm-hmm. way to it's to stay out of it because yep. either you fall into his trap on the court and he baits you into fouls, technical mm-hmm. fouls, mm-hmm. taking your mind off of the mm-hmm. game. Or he baits you into his stuff off the court. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, Draymond's the one with the podcast. Draymond's the one with who's on TNT. Mm-hmm. He has a much bigger platform, and he's going to win the off the court yeah, There's stuff. no doubt about it. But I also think, as much as Draymond likes being that person, I also think Yusuf Nurkic likes being the kind of instigator that yeah. he is. We've seen and, him on and, Twitter. And also. Yusuf Nurkic on, on X yesterday responded to that clip that went viral from Draymond Green saying, don't stay on the podcast too long. You're going to miss your therapy appointment. Yeah. <laughs> and for, for Draymond to go back to the Kevin Durant side of it, um, for Draymond to say, um, you know, the, the whole thing about, you know, Kevin Dur- taking offense with Kevin Durant saying, I hope he gets the help that he needs. Mm-hmm. Draymond got suspended indefinitely, met with the commissioner. And then what did he do? The reports were that he went and he got some sort of counseling. Mm-hmm. So to your earlier question, yes, that sounded heartfelt. Mm-hmm. It sounded heartfelt. It did. I don't know if it was heartfelt. And I know these guys have a very, very complicated relationship over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know, thought they had kind of made it good. On, I mean, I thought so, too. But on the flip side of it, we're saying, yeah, it's a not it's not a winning well, proposition to to go into that realm with Draymond Green. No, I don't think it's a really smart thing for Draymond Green to to include Kevin Durant in all of this, especially if these two teams meet in the that's playoffs. That's my point. My that's yes. my that's KD will KD will take this out on the floor if these guys meet. There's no doubt about it. And as Mr. Orange pointed out, this is this is where Yusuf has got to like show some control to say what you did. People can can accuse you of mocking mental health. Certainly. And so you've got to be careful about that stuff. And again, I'm not trying to, to, to rail on Yusuf Nurkic, who I really do like. And I really do think he's 
fulfilling a very needed role on this team. He's just got to rein in it a little bit. But I will say this individually about the Golden State Warriors. They very much are coming off as a group of players, and they're, I'm talking about their core. Mm-hmm. It seems like a group that is having a really, really difficult time handling no the doubt. fact that their time in the spotlight is over. And it, was so a, it was a wonderful time, okay. and they accomplished a lot, and they should be very proud of winning four championships. But I every, think all, all good things come to an end. Well, we're going to get into, uh, uh, in a little bit here, the rumors that the Warriors actually tried to trade for LeBron James. Yeah, we got it all together. We're really yeah. turning things around, and they spent 24 well, hours before the deadline <laughs> trying to convince the Lakers to send them that, LeBron. But that's the point. That, so. So I think Draymond doing all this, I think he's trying to kind of channel all this energy in trying to save what the Warriors have, whereas the GM and the owner, they're trying to make a deal for LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> and Steve Kerr saying publicly, I think this is a special team. Oh, oh yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> with, with or without yeah. LeBron. <laughs> you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Uh, we have seen tough Super Bowl losses derail teams in the past. <clears throat> Seahawks. Uh, is that happening to the 49ers already? We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. It's one thing, I guess, to be ignorant. It's another thing to be incompetent. And, and that would be the latter. If he knew the rule and said, yeah, our analytics people wanted to angle for the third possession, which we now know based on what Patrick Mahomes said, there wasn't going to be a third possession. It's asinine to me. And that's the problem that I had with him taking the ball in the first place. It was absolutely the wrong decision. And everybody knew it in real time. Well, everybody except for the people on the 49ers sideline. It's crazy to think that the 49ers players and I Spice found out about the overtime rules at the same damn time. <laughs> it's Chris Canty from ESPN Radio on what everybody's talking about mm-hmm. the aftermath of the Super Bowl still. And it, it, it with every story that comes out, it gets worse. It does. I'm with you on that. That that Kyle Shanahan explained that decision. I want the third possession. We know how it turned out. Okay. Then for players that night, Sunday night, to come out and say, yeah, we didn't even know of the mm-hmm. new overtime rules. Then Kyle Shanahan yesterday says, uh, we told everyone uh, as we were waiting for the coin toss to review everyone to make sure they're, uh, they're, they're sure before we go out. So we asked position coaches to do that. I didn't cover it in a meeting on Super Bowl week. I don't think any, uh, that changes anything. The Chiefs, to a man, said how this was drilled into their heads from early in the season. Um, and then Kyle Juszczyk, who was one of the players who came out and said, yeah, I didn't know the rule. Yeah. He did a, a, a complete 180 on it yesterday, and Mike Silver uh, posted this. Um, he thinks it's a stupid controversy. Why the blank? Why does it blanking matter? That changes nothing for me as a player whatsoever. If I know the rule or don't know the rule, I'm trying to do the exact same thing on the field. It's just people looking for a way to bleep on Kyle Shanahan. Okay. End quote. All right. Let me let me point out the folly of Kyle Uschek's logic there. Okay. Mm-hmm. If Kyle Uschek gets a, a handoff or catches a screen pass and scores a touchdown on the first possession of overtime, and he thinks he just won the Super Bowl, what happens if he rips off his helmet, throws it to the ground? <laughs> 
What's going to happen then? Uh, fifteen yard penalty. Yeah. yeah. So, so oh, that would have been so great. Right. So, so yes, there would be consequences. So the, it, that's all revisionist, and it's PR, and it's it's second day spin, which tells you how egregious that decision turns out to be. I will say though that the blame needs to go mostly on the coach for making the stupid decision, without a doubt. But because I get, I get what is making it worse. Just fall on the sword. Or, I was not thorough enough in my communication with my. Players. Players and staff, and and you saw the result. Or, the, the or, come out, or come out and say, look, yeah, there's a case to be made for giving them the ball first, but we were just on the field for 10 minutes. Our defense was exhausted. I needed to give them a blow. That's what Jay Feely was telling us yes. yesterday, right? Like, that could have factored into it, but he yeah. didn't he mention that at all. He hasn't said that. No. The and, third and, possession thing is so dumb because the Chiefs said they're going to go for two. If they if they scored a touchdown anyway, and it wouldn't have, there would be no third possession. Exactly, and and if you, you look imagine at, that, just over that the course like over the course of this postseason, Dan Campbell mm-hmm. got raked over the coals for not kicking field goals against San Francisco, trying to score touchdowns, coming up empty on two separate occasions, and he stood by his philosophy yeah. very convincingly. You may disagree with it, but. There was there was no doubt, and maybe he learns from it. Maybe he changes moving forward. The way he handled it is at one end of the spectrum, and the way Kyle Shanahan has handled this with almost a complete lack of responsibility or culpability has mm-hmm. got to be disappointing. Oh, That's and, not even and the now he's getting defensive, saying we've won a lot of big games around here. Yes. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. okay, not the biggest game. Not the and biggest And then when game. you're dealing with Patrick Mahomes, it, let me run this stat by. I saw this this morning. Mind-blowing. Since 2001, 56 quarterbacks have led 125 drives in the NFL playoffs where it was the fourth quarter or overtime, where there was under a minute to play, and where the offensive team was either tied or trailed by seven points or fewer at the start of the drive, okay? Of those 125 drives in NFL playoff history, only 40% of the quarterbacks either tied the game or took the lead. Great quarterbacks like Tom Brady tend to do better. He was 5 of 11. Drew Brees was 3 for 6. Aaron Rodgers was 3 for 4. Patrick Mahomes is 7 for 7 in those situations. <laughs> wow. 7 for 7. That's amazing. And that's This is not the only instance of maybe some splintering with San Francisco. And I did mention it kind of tongue-in-cheek, but... The Seattle Seahawks never recovered from losing that Super Bowl to the New England Patriots on the Malcolm Butler interception where everybody was raking Daryl Bevel over the coals for calling a pass play at the goal line. They had to go on a retreat. Mm -hmm. They never, ever moved past it. Never. Now you go to another key play on the San Francisco 49ers side, the third down play in overtime. Where Chris Jones goes unblocked. Chris Jones, the best player on the defense for the Kansas City Chiefs, goes unblocked on a third down play. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy's hurried. Can't see Brandon Ayuk. Throws an incomplete pass to Jennings. They have to kick the field goal, and, and the result happens. So John Feliciano is a starting right guard for the 49ers. He leaves with an injury. He's replaced by Spencer Burford. Spencer Burford is the player who missed the block. Mm-hmm. Missed the assignment, blew, blew the protection. Um, a viral video blamed right tackle Colton McKivitz for the miscue. Feliciano, the player who got hurt, responds on social media and says, "If you, uh, I know you know all, so you should know that that's not Colton's guy. 
Feliciano initially responded. A quick chop is not needed if the guy that was supposed to block him blocks him. So Spencer Burford sees this on social media and responds to Feliciano that says, Sheesh, I open up my app to this? Get well soon, bro. Wow. To which Feliciano responds, I'm sorry, bro. I woke up hungover and I'm being and being a bee. In trying to have one's back, I hurt you. It's blanked up and I apologize. You've got nothing but greatness ahead of you. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> Who amongst us haven't woke up hungover wow. being a bee? <laughs> <laughs> Burford responded with, uh, I should have just played within the scheme. I played on instinct. It's my fault. I don't want anybody to put anything on Colton. Whatever he has going on, don't blame him. Well, Vinny, you're right on the money. So with everything that's been swirling ever since the the, uh, feeble explanation after the game, you've got a team questioning... Their head coach, clearly, mm-hmm. and and this is this is what it begins to look like when they begin to fray apart a little bit. Yeah, now you you look to the future, and San Francisco was the most loaded team in the NFL by a wide margin on yes. both sides of the ball this year. And if you can't get it done with that roster and that payroll structure. Things change year to year. There's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of guys moving on from the San Francisco 49ers. Will they be able to replace that? Um, you know, Was this their best chance to win a Super Bowl? Or will they continue to improve? That remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. But this offseason is not off to a good start no. for the 49ers. No, no, no. Tough business losing multiple Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And now they have. Yep. Coming up next, we'll get back into the Suns. Big win over the Kings. Suns. One last game before the All-Star break, but they won't have one of their big three tonight. We'll get into all of it next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Talking, the talking was at a high level um, the whole night um, in the huddles on the court. Um, you know, Sac's a, a tough team to play against. You know, it feels like you're in transition the whole game, whether you make or miss it. You know, they're on the move, which you know causes mismatches, and you know you just have to pick up the man in front of you. So. Um, we talked it through and, you know, ended up turning out well for us. Devin Booker last night after the Suns score a 130-125 to 125 win over Sacramento. And uh, let's focus on Sac's a hard team to play against. You feel like you're always in transition. Mm-hmm. Fast break points last night, 26-4 to 4 in favor of Sacramento. So there was Ooh. a lot of transition yeah. going on. Um, the, the word I use to describe Sacramento offensively is relentless, and they have so many different ways to do it. Yep. De'Aaron Fox is turning into a very clutch player. Very it's clever fu- player. Yeah, yep. yeah. It, mm-hmm. it's funny to me, and I know there's only cer- certain number of spots, and I, I, I don't think anybody that was on the Western Conference All-Star roster was, was included egregiously. But the fact that Sabonis and Fox did not make the all-star cut is pretty funny to me. Uh, and a lot of people were talking about, especially with you know last night's game coupled with that big comeback win by the Suns mm-hmm. where they were 22 down in the fourth, a lot of people saying, wow, this would be a great playoff matchup. It would be. I want no part of it. <laughs> I don't know if I could take... That frenetic pace against that team with that many weapons over the course of of, of a best of seven. Yeah, now, I, I well, you're gonna get you're going to get a playoff matchup that scares you. You have to play somebody. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd rather play them than the Clippers or the Nuggets, right? Definitely. Yeah, I guess. But you know, if that's the four or five matchup, as that's about as tough mm-hmm. as it gets. Would you rather play Sacramento or Oklahoma City? 
I want to reserve my judgment on that until I see Oklahoma City again. They, the Suns have uh, two more games with the Thunder coming up. Mm-hmm. And nothing about their first matchup with OKC stands out in my mind, so... Yeah. Right now, I'm leaning towards Oklahoma yeah. City, mm-hmm. but I could change that. Well, it, well, listen, I, I think the fact that the Suns were able to overcome the adversity of losing Bradley Beal early mm-hmm. in that game and just sort of kind of uh, never lost the threat of the game. It was a chaotic game. There were a lot of lead changes, uh, but nobody ever surged with the lead and took it way deep. And and yeah, and then for, for all the hand-wringing about how this team has not really performed that well or that clutch in the fourth quarter, they did last night and Devin Booker with any number of shots that that fading shot near the baseline was gorgeous his shot making is just insane yeah it's just so elite and, and to see just the turnaround in the single game that too that the graduation to that level when you don't have it and, and and Booker talked about it afterwards hey I like the shots I was getting they just weren't falling mm-hmm. and a lot of players even great players will have their confidence shaken and in a close game situation his confidence was not shaken uh, he did uh, achieve another milestone in Suns history in his career. He passed Alvin Adams into second place on mm. the all-time franchise scoring list, and he was asked by Amanda Flugrad on AZ Family about that after the game. Uh, is that a strange part of the game? Uh, it's a little heated moment, so you know I can take it in now and enjoy it. Obviously, this franchise means you know a whole lot to me and everybody that came before me. And Alvin's one of the guys that paved the way, so. You know, big shout out to him and all the legends who come to his franchise. It was weird. We were talking about it before the game started. He needed 18 points to, to reach that level. Mm-hmm. And the way things have been going with Devin Booker at times this year, you're like, oh, he'll get that in the first quarter or, you know, or in that stint after his rest when he comes back in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. He had five points at halftime. <laughs> and you're like, maybe, wow, maybe he's yeah. not going to get it. So he is right. It did come at a, at a weird point in the mm-hmm. game, and he couldn't really appreciate it until the, the win was secure. And you've been saying this for a while, so there's nothing new here. But but Sarah mentioned this because it is true. There There's a lot of younger players, and, and, and maybe Devin Booker. Devin Booker is certainly more mature for his age than, than many people are. He's kind of got that old soul, and a lot of people have said that about him. Mm-hmm. But, but for all the people who like to criticize a younger generation for not knowing any history that predates their birthday— you know, to know Alvin Adams is something. I mean, everyone knows Al McCoy. If you play for the Suns, you know Al McCoy. But but you have to be in tune with an organization to know about Alvin Adams. And like you said, he's around everywhere. He's a, he's one of the great ambassadors for the for the franchise and a great guy. Uh, but but to, to but to know it and to recognize it and to respect it the way Devin Booker does is special. It's not common. No, no. And this is the only franchise he's ever known. And you know, my experience and, you know, from my vantage point is that Devin Booker, it's not, he, he's got a very, very keen awareness of everything that's going on in the organization. And mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about the on the floor stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows everybody. Yep. And he's been around for such a long time. And, you know, he, he appreciates that. Mm-hmm. And how many guys have we seen over the past 15 years come in? Uh, and and not treat it that same way. It's just a job to them. I mean, go back to, you know, the Sean Marion Ring of Honor ceremony. Suns lost a really, really painful game. Ooh, yeah, that was difficult. And it was strange that the ceremony was after the game. You think? And people, you know, some people didn't stick around because they were kind Mm -hmm. of bummed about the loss. And Devin Booker had to be bummed about the loss. But guess what? He came out there. 
He didn't make a spectacle of himself. He kind of stayed off to the side, but he soaked the whole thing in. Mm-hmm. And then he presented Sean Marion with a pair of his brand new shoes. And then a classic edition of a shoe that he wore in tribute to Sean Marion that night. He's doing stuff like that all the time. He does, yeah. No, it's it's back when Al McCoy yeah. went into the Ring of Honor, and I think that was 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. He came out at halftime, mm-hmm. so he could soak it all in. He was yeah. the only player to do so. This, yes. it, what he says, it means a lot to him. Believe him. Yeah, he's telling no, the truth. I agree. I agree. And I thought last night was a real nice moment for him. And, and like you said, it, it's it's something that superstars have done. It's something Jordan did. It's something Kobe did. All the greats it, shake off the one for 11, four for 14, and then just will shots into the basket when it matters. It's a, it's a, it's a prevailing theme in the NBA, yeah. and that's what Book did last night. Here was uh, Kevin Durant commenting on Book moving into second place on the franchise scoring list. That's a lot of the game. The work he puts in um, shows up on game nights every night. And uh, he inspires a whole generation of players, you know. So this is as he hit these milestones, it's just actually what I expect him to do at this point, you know. And he deserves to be the number one all-time leading scorer in Suns history with the the work he's put in. So I can't wait for that day. I don't know how many points he got until he passed that, you know. Also, another season or two, another season, and. Um, and that just shows, you know, he hit the ground running as a rookie and hasn't looked back since. And uh, it's meant so much to the people here in Phoenix and in the state of Arizona. So congrats to him. But I know he wants number one. Sarah, you had the exact number of points that Book needed. It's like, did you say 1,700 and change? 1,700, 1,749. Yeah. He can do that in a year. Become the all-time leading scorer. It's happening next year. It's happening sometime next season. Yeah, maybe about this point next season yeah. on the calendar. Hopefully yeah. he doesn't force his way out to go play with Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota by then. <laughs> Let's say he averages 28 points a game. Let's just put that out there. 62 games. Yeah, 62. okay. Okay, so that's, they have so they you got about, 54, they got yeah, 28, 28 left, left this year. year. Yeah, so you're midway, midway through next year. Yeah. Yeah. Or to, to that point, Jarrett, hopefully... Um, James Jones and Josh Bartlestein and Matt Ishbia don't answer any more calls from Daryl Morey. We talked about about that report that Woj had this morning saying that the Warriors before the deadline spent 24 hours trying to convince the Lakers to swing a trade for LeBron James. Mm -hmm. Also in that report, he wrote that Daryl Morey of the Philadelphia 76ers called the Suns about Durant, Booker, and Beal. (laughs) I guess you got to do that if you're a GM. And maybe it happens more than we know about behind the scenes. Well, don't you remember the time, I, I, I think, when Dave Stewart was running the D-backs that, that teams were calling up asking for Paul Goldsmith. Yeah. Don't you remember that? Trying to see just how daffy they might be, mm-hmm. right? They're just, I think you're just doing a competency test at that point in time, yeah, right? Well, they probably couldn't have done worse. Yeah, and, and then they ended they up trading him nothing. for Carson Kelly. Kyle Weaver. Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver. <laughs> Who's Kyle Weaver? Dream Weaver. Yeah. Dennis Weaver, <laughs> Arl Weaver, <laughs> Basket Weaver, Andy Young. Uh, yeah, that turned out to be not such a great mm. trade for the Diamondbacks. Uh, Suns and Pistons tonight, and then it's off to the All Star break uh, for most of the Suns, except for Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. They're headed to Indianapolis for the All Star festivities. Coming up next, more aftermath from the Super Bowl, this time from the winning side. 
And the Kelsey brothers chopping it up about a certain sideline confrontation. Oh, we'll boy. get into it next. Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Gamble. Monty Williams makes his return to the Valley tonight. How should he be received when he takes the court at Footprint Center? We'll discuss on today's Burns and Gambo show, 2 to 6 on Arizona Sports. The broadcast showed you having a heated exchange with Coach Reed. <laughs> so heated. Yeah, where it looks like uh, you caught Big Red off guard a little bit. <laughs> As he said, I gave him, I got him, I got him with a cheap shot. People are all over this and I I mean I get it. I can't Yeah, I, you you went you went you cross the line. I think we can I, both I, agree I, on I that. can't I can't I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. When he when he stumbled, I was just like, oh, f- my head. I or even, like, I mean, Damn. even I mean, let's be honest. The, the yelling in his face too is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this retrospectively. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Older brother. Yeah. Jason Kelsey he laying did. out there. Who doesn't Matter love Jason fact. Kelsey? I love him. I do too. I'm not an Eagles. No, fan. listen. When he when he climbed out of that box and was pounding beers and taking pictures with Bills fans in Buffalo and then held one up so she could see Taylor Swift. Fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Man of the people. Oh, he really is, man. And with, uh, obviously, a direct line to his brother saying something to his brother that a lot of people watching that game felt in the moment. Bro, like, you're you out of are, control. You're over the line. <laughs> <laughs> you're out of order. Yeah, you're a disgrace to the family. Uh, that led to this from Travis. I'm a passionate guy. I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I love to play for him, how much I love to be, you know, a product of his coaching career. I'm not playing for anybody else but Big Red. If he calls it quits this year, I'm, I'm out there with him, man. He ain't calling it quits. Come on now. He's not. And I... um. I got a certain relationship with him. He's he's checked me a few times, and um, I just wanted to let him know that I wanted this thing and that it, he, he can put it on me, and uh, and I got him. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, it just came in a moment where uh, – we weren't playing very well. I wasn't playing very well, and we had uh, we had to get some going. And uh, sometimes emotions ramped up. Sometimes those emotions get away from me, man. And I've uh, that's been the battle of my my career. That was a it was a strange kind of progression in that game mm-hmm. for Travis Kelsey because and you mentioned it yesterday. There was so much made of this quote unquote legendary. Saturday speech that Travis Kelsey yes. made to the Chiefs where people I've heard a lot of these types of speeches and this was legendary. It was one of the best things ever. And at halftime of that game, I'm thinking, well, at least he gave a good speech because he hasn't done anything else. I think he had one catch for one yard in the first half and then he ends up with nine catches for 90 yards. The frustration mm-hmm. was palpable and you know, it's another one of those instances where cameras catch something that probably happens more often than we know of. It was a bad look for Travis Kelsey. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I felt bad for Andy Reid in that moment because I thought, you know, with a player coming at him that aggressively, kind of looked bad on him too. They brushed it aside. They win the Super Bowl, which makes it easier to brush aside now. You brought up the the historic example with the Cardinals about, you know, Anquan Bolden and, and Tom oh, yeah. Haley on the sidelines yeah. at the NFC Championship yep. game. 
Cardinals won that game. We didn't really talk about it much after that. Had they not? Yes, it would have been it would have been talked about for years. Had Todd Haley dialed up a play that was disastrous because a cue was in his face, could you imagine what Anquan's legacy would have been in that particular situation? There were some people who were saying that the Chiefs need to kind of discipline Travis Kelsey. I I, I don't I don't go that far. I I think Andy Reid, as I said yesterday, I think that um, a lot of what's happened with the Chiefs this past year the discipline, the the wide receiver, the drops, the mental errors. I think a lot of it has to do with the bad cop is gone, and that's Eric Bieniemy. He's the guy that used to do all the screaming and put players in their place, and the stuff that Andy Reid doesn't want to do or maybe can't do. Mm-hmm. And and I, there are a lot of people who think that that's that was Eric Bieniemy's greatest service to the Kansas City Chiefs, and it was on display in his absence this past season. Now you pointed out yesterday he's probably back on that staff. Not, I'll go a step further. Further. He's going to be on the staff, and he's the head coach in waiting, in my opinion. Yeah, it could be. I mean, there's, there's been how many years? I mean, I don't know how you wouldn't give Eric? it to Steve Spagnolo at that point, but I, I hear you. Steve Spagnolo, despite what he's done there, hasn't got a sniff in terms of head coaching interviews. Mm-hmm. Well, his first go around wasn't very good. No. <laughs> But we're seeing no, other, no, you're seeing right. other you're coaches right. get you're second right. opportunities. You're right. But doesn't that seem like a very Kansas City Chiefs thing to do? Kind of. Yeah. We it let does. Eric Bieniemy spread his wings. He probably chose a situation that wasn't best for his career path. Even though Washington's offense yeah. was okay. Listen, I, but it, you don't you don't latch on to a coach who's on his way out the door. N- no, and that's okay. what he did. So, so Patrick Mahomes. Here's one of the things that occurred to me yesterday because Patrick Mahomes is on the Pat McAfee mm-hmm. show, and and his desire to three peat came came through very, very, very clear. It it occurred to me that it isn't just the rest of the NFL now that is tasked on on standing up and getting in the Chiefs' way. Which, as we talked about yesterday, every team that has won two consecutive Super Bowls, they've run into a wall. They've run into an obstacle. A team that said, "No more. You're not winning anymore. We are." And and there were various reasons for the, for the the two time defending champions to not win a third. Uh, the Chiefs this year with Patrick Mahomes talking the way he is and talking about how he's going to take a week off and then get right after this three peat. He wants his three peat more than anything. Mm-hmm. It's put it's put all the quarterbacks uh, who who want to believe they're in his orbit on notice. So if Lamar Jackson, if Josh Allen. If Aaron Rodgers, if these dudes wanted to spend time in Ibiza this summer, you probably want to cancel those vacation plans. Your pronunciation was impeccable. I only know that because well, the, well the dude fed. who... Well the <laughs> Well fed. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Billy Rabbit. The dude who wrote that song, uh, he, he posted this morning, I guess it was 10 years ago that he wrote that song after taking a pill in, a, in Ibiza. <laughs> Uh, in case you yeah, missed it, here right. was Patrick Mahomes on the Pat McAfee show talking about getting to work on that three. So you already got three. You get one more, then you're out. You're done. Is that what we're thinking? No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to be done playing anytime soon. Um, I want my I want my my son to be able to grow up in the locker room like I grew up. So uh, 
How still got a, a lot of a lot of life left. He's, he's one years old. Just turned one in November. Oh, no. so, I'm gonna work on. To I'm gonna go. work on getting this three peat, man. With no no three peat ever. So we're working on that now. And on that uh, subject of the comparison to Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, very humble in that. I mean, I like it because I mean he he's the greatest of all time. So I like uh, being compared to him. But I still have so I have so long that I have to go in my career. If you look at the longevity, the consistent greatness that he had every single year, all I can do is just try to continue to be the best me every single day that I have and have no regrets and I actually heard Tom say this a, a while back and that was his goal was just to be the best version of Tom Brady that he can be all that other stuff kind of comes with it if you continue to work hard and continue to get great teammates around you um, but I've been blessed man I've been blessed to be in a great organization with great players um, and if I can just continue to work the way that I work I'll have no regrets about however my career ends alright so we know that no football team has ever won three straight Super Bowls correct mm-hmm here we go. Here's your here's your brain teaser of the day. Your, right. your mind expanding exercise. Right. Can you name the franchises in hockey, baseball, and basketball to each win three consecutive champions? Doubles. No. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What do you wait? Hold on. To win the last one to win three. The last one, the most the recent last, one. Oh, oh, okay, I'm sorry. NBA is the Lakers. The Lakers did it. Yeah, Lakers did it in the NBA. In hockey, it would have been, would have had to have been the Oilers? No. The Penguins? No. The Oilers got two in a row. The Islanders. The, Bruins the Penguins got two in a row. The, the New York Islanders won four, four in a row. So the Islanders were 83. Way back, okay. Gotcha. The Islanders. And then baseball is the Yankees. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Isn't that weird? It's never happened in football. Says something about. That climb to get back on, on very top much with so the because on your back. well and what's even interesting and more interesting too is when you go and you look at the list of teams that have have had a shot none of them have even gotten back to the Super Bowl yeah. now I I go back and I wonder. How, what compelled John Elway to retire after winning two in a row Why didn't the idea of three peating appeal to him yeah, that is weird. And and the his Steelers car, in the car dealership wasn't going to run itself. <laughs> the Steelers in the seventies won four out of five, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they won two. Gap, two more, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and both times they won two. I believe the Raiders, the Raiders, knocked them off in year three. And those two teams are rivals. But it also speaks to even though they never won one. Buffalo getting there four years in a row is such an underrated mm-hmm. accomplishment in the history of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now they got absolutely boat raced in two it's of them. Too, uh, they progressively got less competitive with yeah. each one. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing that the Patriots made 10, right? Was that what it was? They made 10 Super Bowls, yeah. nine Super Bowls, and they, and they never made three in a row. No, it's crazy. <laughs> Coming up next, we'll hit the 9 o'clock hour. Sarah will take us through a session of social studies. Here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.